today, find out how to improve your body and soul. Certified personal trainer Sean Phillips is here. And he's got all kinds of great advice about things you can do for your mental and physical well-being. Great to have you here today, Sean. Thank you. So I should say, for those of you who've watched this show regularly, and you should watch this show regularly, uh, my personal trainer, Rob Rugg, has moved. He's out of town. So I have found Sean. <laughs> Sean is the new Rob. <laughs> Replacement. So I hear you have a three-dimensional philosophy. Is that right, Sean? Yeah. You know, what I do with my clients is a bit different than um, most trainers do with people. It's more one-dimensional, more um, focused on the physiological aspect. And for my clients, not only do I focus on the nutritional strength training and cardio because those are the three components to really transform a person uh -huh. physiologically or their aesthetics but also on the um, on the uh, emotional psychological and spiritual as well okay so my approach is more of the integration of all um, of all the different components so that a person I call it more like the evolution of self yes. so they can focus on the physiological and the emotional psychological and spiritual I think that's most relevant to people. You know, and that goes back to the Greeks because, you know, the idea of body and soul mm -hmm. or, exactly. you know, you strong mind, strong body, exactly. and, and all of it together. So I know you were a philosophy major too. Yeah, yeah, econ and philosophy. Yes. So I kind of, you know, I tie this in and I, I, I love to read. I read a lot of books on quantum physics, spirituality, philosophy, psychology. And um, so you can philosophize and talk physics while you're working out as well. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, People, when they come to me, they come pretty much for aesthetics. You know, primary goal is, you know, what's the most effective and efficient way to lose body fat? Uh -huh. That's pretty much the bottom line, which is fantastic. You know, it's good that people come to me to finally make a change in their life. But, uh, you know, there's kind of a backdoor approach that I start addressing, addressing different issues. Okay. Because fundamentally, um, obesity is a symptom. You know, and in life, you know, basically there's cause and effect relationships in life. Why reason, reason why people have um, they're overweight or why they have chronic fatigue or depression. Sure. So the question is, what is the root cause? And, and by the way, what about 60% of Americans are obese? Yeah, the, so. the statistically it's pretty high. And, you know, some of that's cultural, you know, um, some of that's uh, poor education. Hmm. And a lot of it starts, you know, in high school. You'll see kids, you know, you look at kids' diets, it's atrocious. And, you know, to a certain extent, you know, with respect to teenagers, I think parents can put kids at a disadvantage um, when not putting a, a child, whether he's six years old or 16, on proper diet and uh -huh. exercise, et cetera, because that kid is going to perform not as well as his peers who are. You know, I just saw something on the news the other night. Now that I think here in California, especially, um, some of the schools are starting to change their lunch programs yeah. so that they're going to more like Whole Foods exactly. instead of you know the Ho Hos or something. Exactly, and, uh, and that, that's wise. I, I think um, you know part of the performance academically will increase because of that. Um, but also, too, what I do with my clients is bring in a certain amount of awareness because there's certain aspects of, uh, I call it the transformation of self or evolution of self, that I think is important because, you know, the physiological aspect is, is extremely important and critical in a person's life. I think a lot of someone's energy, whether they're in corporate America or an entrepreneur or a singer or whatever, dancer, it doesn't necessarily matter. A lot of their energy comes from the food they eat. So, sure. you know, the nutritional side and uh, in addition to the exercises, uh, can definitely and, and, and that was something that was important for you personally, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really how you developed the Actually, philosophy. Actually, yeah. Well, for me, what uh, ended up happening with me is I, I after graduating um, from UCLA, I spent four years in banking, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and I, that'll do you. And if anything, yeah, you know, you know that that was um, that was tough. And for me, what ended up happening was I um, 
went down that path. It was very successful. And then what ended up happening was the market began to collapse. And so my clients, you know, one by one began to fade um, because all their assets were diminishing. They had a lot of uh, restricted stock within one company. Oh. And, you know, all that wealth was evaporated. So they had nothing left to invest. Well, it basically left me without a business. And I, had, I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Mm. I was suffering from chronic fatigue. And uh, I took six months off. And I call that my dark, my dark ages, my dark period. And now I feel like I'm more in my golden age. And to a certain extent, as I made that transition, I learned a lot about myself, uh, learned a lot about, um, you know, how to help people, but in a different way outside of the financial realm. So how did you go from the dark ages to the golden ages? Uh, painfully. painfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It was really pain. I mean, just like anything in life, uh, change comes from pain. No you know? pain, no gain, as my boxing teacher yeah, says. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, you know, when people encounter pain, they can kind of go in two directions. You, you know, you could e either be sent off to the loony bin, or <laughs> you can kind of evolve as a human being and learn about yourself, what's the lessons to be learned, and, and begin to really look within and, and, and gain greater insight. And so I took that path versus, you know, becoming crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> well yeah, yeah, you didn't go to the loony bin, so hey, that's pretty you know, good. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but uh, that was... Um, Definitely critical for me because as I do seminars and corporate speaking events and TV stuff, um, it, it helps me empathize a lot with my clients and I kind of get a better understanding of where they're at in life because, um, you know, as we talked before, you know, being corporate America is very hard, you know, when you have a high stress job and it's easy to escape into, into addictions. I mean, it could be alcohol, it could be workaholic, hmm. it could be drugs. Um, there's a lot of addictions. It could be TV watching, like for five, six hours at a time, just to escape. That may be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're watching this show, yeah, in which okay. case it's the best. So that's okay. We don't, we don't right, mind right. that. But, uh. but you, know, uh, you know, we all have our addictions, and I guess there's a certain point where you need to become just aware of them. And I think that, you know, through the process that I've gone through, I've... Did you have any addictions? Uh, my oh. addiction began to be like videos and TV watching hmm. and, vi and computer games. Oh. And just spending enormous amounts of time watching TV. And it was a way for me to escape. And once I started becoming more aware of that and realizing that, I was just, this had to stop, you know. And it was tough, you know, because we all fall into escapes that, you know, we want to get away from reality, from the stresses, the emotional stresses of life, the financial stresses. And we all go through that. But, you know, what I've put together, and I'm actually I think I've mentioned this to you, I'm putting together a fitness video. Yes. You know, I focus on the exercise stuff, the nutrition stuff, and then more of the spiritual, emotional, psycho uh -huh. psychological, you begin to learn more about yourself and you're able to cope with, you know, hard times. So with a lot of my clients, I act more as a catalyst of change. Hmm. Not necessarily saying you should do X, Y, Z, because everybody's path to change is going to be different. And you know? said one key component of, of creating that change is the strength training or the absolutely. physical part of the work. Yeah, out. absolutely. Um, you know, I've done quite a bit of research and reading. Um, and, and primarily for strength training, you know, the, the few things that are most important factors of strength training, one is progressive overload, uh -huh. which is a very simple, basic factor. Um, and every, and that the idea behind that is? Yeah, every time you go in the gym, you want to get stronger. And okay. every time you go in the gym, you want to go up in weight. Now, a way to do that and the way to monitor that is keep a, keep a log, Okay. you know, which I tell people that and their initial response is like, oh, I don't even feel like doing it. It doesn't take that much time and it's better than any supplement you could possibly ever take. 
So keep a journal and yeah. Because but if, it, you're, if you're too lazy to keep the journal, then something's probably wrong. Yeah, I don't even know what's the point of going to the gym because it's impossible to memorize how many sets you do. I mean, you'll go over within a work workout week if you work out two or three times, you'll do 30, 40 sets, and you remember the exact weight is impossible. You know, from week to week to week, it just doesn't happen. So what ends up happening is people go in the gym, they do the, the exact same weight as last week, as the mm -hmm. week before, as the week before, and they wonder why they don't progress. Yeah, you know? it should keep you motivated because you can see that you're improving and getting better. It becomes a trainer, basically. Hmm. You know, it's almost like the little workout log becomes your trainer because it tells you what to do. All you have to do is look down, right? And it tells you how much weight you did. If you say you did bench last week, it was 100 pounds. Well, this week you try 102 or 105. You know, it's not rocket science, Sounds but like it, makes a, it makes a big difference over time. And, you know, the bottom line is the more strength you have, the more muscle you have. The more muscle you have, the faster your metabolism. The faster your metabolism, the more you burn fat, you know? And cause also, and shapes your body. What's that? Cause and effect there. Yeah, chain cause and effect. effect. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's the economics background. <laughs> Everything is a relationship, kind of like a chain reaction or domino effect. It's the same thing with strength training. When you go up and weight, you know, there's a, um, a group of things that happen, you know, certain relationships that occur. And the bottom line is, you know, you lose fat, you get stronger, you have, better, you have more shape in your body. Sure. You know? I think one, we all would like that. Yeah, I mean, one major misconception that I've seen, especially with females, is that they have a tendency not to do strength training. Okay. And their argument is, if I do strength training, I will get too big, hmm. which is a common misconception. It's unfortunate because what gives a female or male shape is strength training, is muscle. Muscles. You know, yeah. so say you strip down all their body fat, they're going to look like a string bean, you know? <laughs> So it's important for them to put on muscle, not only for their metabolism, because it speeds up their metabolism, but it will give them more of shape, uh -huh. you know? And, and you said, well, it really works both ways because, so the women want to do cardio and not strength yeah. training, but and then the guys want to yeah, do, do strength, strength training, training and not really that much cardio. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's definitely a balance, which is critical. So, you, you know, you need to balance the nutritional aspect, strength training aspect, cardio aspect, uh -huh. you know? So, but one of the, the critical factors definitely in strength training is definitely the progressive overload. Also, another point too, with men, when they're shaping their body, one common mistake that I see is they have a bad tendency to do what's called mirroritis. Hmm. So they work out a lot of chest, a lot of uh -huh. arms, right? Uh -huh. No legs. So they look like, they look like a tree. Yeah. You know, big up top, small at the bottom. My brother and I always call that like the, the turtle look. Yeah, you know, right. Like, yeah. like a turtle because they got that. Yeah, it's just, you know, and to a certain extent, when, when you look at aesthetics, I mean, you, look, you take a Roman or Greek statues and there's a certain sense of proportional. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, exactly. It looked like a, <laughs> a Greek statue. <laughs> when I'm in the museums, I wonder. I think, yeah, wow, that could have been me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for. Him, David. Yeah. Um, and, and they didn't have, by the way, that's a whole other subject, but, you know, I'm wondering, I don't know what kind of weights they used back then or what. You know what whatever, they had Whatever weights? they did was working. Well, there's this yeah. one funny story called, um, uh, what is it called? It's a Greek story about Milo, Milo uh, the cow or whatever. Hmm. But anyway, it's this guy named Milo, and he, he grew up on a farm, whatever. And, uh, he had a cow or he was the He had a cow. Had a cow. Okay. Calf, calf, right? He had a calf. And um, so he took this calf, and every day he'd walk hundred yards in a circle with the calf because it was just born it's a small calf maybe it was a 50 pound calf right he was carrying the calf or carrying the calf, carrying the calf for 100 calf. yards okay. you know every day he would do that well of course the calf got bigger <laughs> so the calf went 50 pounds to 55 pounds to 60 and every day the calf gets bigger and every day milo would do his lap well finally the calf turned into a bull <laughs> and milo got stronger and that illustrates the 
point of progressive overload. And then one day the bull gored him to death, right? Yeah, the other day the bull <laughs> ate him. No. Got tired of me. <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Just carry a calf around your backyard. Yeah, go buy a calf. <laughs> you don't need a gym. Hey, <laughs> exactly. It might be cheaper over the long run. I don't yeah, know. just make sure you stay away from the horns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's pretty much uh, a summary of strength training. Um, you know, it's a very basic principle um, that does not get applied. And the way to apply progressive overload is using a, a journal. Okay. So. Now, you said one thing, too, these days you hear a lot. I hear this a lot from previous and past trainers uh -huh. and, uh, or just, in, you know, read about it a lot. The core, you know, you hear a lot about the core training versus yeah. Yeah. Like more strength training. Yeah, and yeah. And I know you have a lot of thoughts yeah, on I'm that. Yeah, I'm very opinionated when it comes to that. Um, I've, I personally think core training is very trend, trendy hmm. thing, almost like, you know, the zero-fat diets in the 80s were trendy. Uh-huh. The low-carb diet right now is trendy. Very trendy. Um, the core stuff is becoming very trendy. Uh -huh. And um, I do believe, to a certain extent, core training is important to correct postural imbalances. Okay. Um, so maybe 10 minutes can be allocated to core training. You know, for people that don't know what core training is, you know, it's people that have postural imbalance, like, you know, when they, when they walk, their feet, you know, walk out, or they oh. walk pigeon-toed, oh. or they slouch. There's certain, yeah, no, right. Whenever people say posture, <laughs> yeah. I always have to watch I it. I got a postural imbalance. No, so it, it corrects a lot of that. And, um, you know, it, it's not the end-all, be-all. A lot of the stuff that really changes a person's body is just basic meat and potato stuff that's been around forever. Like you read books from the 50s and 60s. It's stuff that's been around forever. It's all based on progressive overload. Very simple concept. But, you know, core training is almost like there's all this information. It's so confusing. And, you know, what I try to do with my clients is make it very simple. You know, we go up and wait every week. That's it. You know, and you'll have a better body. You know? And so with, I think you said core training. It's kind of like making it more of cardio kind of workout. In yeah, a that's way another problem, too. I mean, cardio should be isolated and separated from strength training because the primary purpose of strength training is to gain muscle. Okay. The primary purpose of cardio is to burn fat. That's it. They're separate and distinct. Um, another trend is circuit training. You know, okay. circuit training is like bringing cardio into the gym. So what it is, is basically you're going to go from exercise, 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 and wait 20 seconds in between sets. All right. And really what gives out first is not your muscles. It's your lung capacity. Hmm. Your heart rate's skyrocketing. You're like, <gasps> you can't breathe, and you really can't lift that much weight because your cardio capacity is kaput. So it's best to isolate. And, and take a break between the sets. And exactly. Anywhere from one to four minutes, depending on how advanced. Beginners can do one minute. Intermediate, two to three, more advanced, three to four. Like you, you know, you get a Gold's Gym. Some of the guys will sit around for four or five minutes before they do a set because they're lifting really heavy weight. So a lot of it's to get your heart rate to come back down because you're not doing heart rate training or respiratory type of training. You're doing strength training. And okay. your cardio, you stick to cardio. So that's a very important point, and I think people can kind of get lost in that. It's good to take time in between sets until you're fully rested. Okay. Sometimes, you know, I feel like if I'm sitting there too long, you know, well, how, how long should you wait between sets? Because I yeah, feel like... Yeah, it, it definitely depends on the level of advancement. Beginners can do about one minute. Okay. Uh, intermediate, intermediate can do one to three minutes. And a lot of it, too, depends on the body part. Hmm. You know, if you do arms, you don't need that much rest for arms. You can do 45 seconds, you know, a minute. Oh. But if you do back or legs, try doing squats and doing it in 60 seconds. Hmm. I mean, you're, you're still exhausted. So maybe you wait two minutes. So you said intermediate, actually, you take a bit longer break than beginner. For the most part, yeah, because intermediate, have a, they're doing, um, they're lifting more weight. Okay. And there's a higher probability or likelihood that they need more time between sets. Beginners, the weight is so light that they're in their 
capacity. Okay. You know? And would that be true then for advanced as well that you would take advanced more time usually the time in between sets is longer. Okay. You know, from what I've seen um, and experienced and researched. You know, it could be anywhere from two to four minutes, depending okay. on the client. You know, so but um, yeah, progressive overload is probably the, the most the progressive overload and the and the journal, the workout log are the two most important points. Okay. Um, one other uh, side fact uh, thing that I'll mention too. Sure. Is important is uh, comfort zone. Okay. You know, the way the body hypertrophies or adapts or evolves physiologically, uh -huh. you can imagine your comfort zone being in this. Okay. Say you're doing squats. I think my comfort zone's about here. Yeah, know. exactly. Well, say it's like <laughs> that. You know, it doesn't really matter. The whole point is to get here, a little bit out of your comfort zone. You don't have to kill yourself and go out here and have a heart attack. But what the body is going to adapt when it's out of your comfort zone. Okay. To so get, out, get of out of the get out of the get out of the comfort zone. zone. The way you do that is go to failure. Oh. You know. So say you shoot for ten reps, ten repetitions of bench press. You get eight. That's great. Why? Because you went to failure. Say if you got all ten and you can do fourteen. You're not going to failure. So in the gym, failure is a good thing. It's a very good thing because it causes the body to adapt. In evolve, you get stronger. When you get stronger, it's obviously you put on more muscle. The more muscle you have, the more metabolism. Da da da. da. How much when you know when you talk about putting on muscle and, and uh, progressive overload and uh -huh. all that kind of stuff? Um, how much muscle? I always hear when people say when you lose weight, you lose a pound or two a week or something like that. Correct. How much should you gain? I would say... Uh, if you're trying to put on muscle, Yeah, it depends fat. on the, the level of advancement. Beginners can gain a lot more muscle than advanced. Uh -huh. um, you know, I usually tell people, you know, anywhere between one to two pounds a month. Okay. You know, that's why it goes back to the misconception that women have, you know, when they think they're going to actually get big if they do strength training. Well, think about it mathematically. You can lose up to six to eight pounds of fat in a month. Healthy, wow. fat, not body weight, fat. The really the most you can gain in muscles, maybe one to two pounds, hmm. maybe three. So net, net, you're still losing body weight. You know, so say you um, you lose six to eight pounds, uh -huh. you gain two to three pounds of muscle, you're still in a negative. Okay. So you can imagine the diameter of your leg, the diameter of your arm, everything's going to still shrink. So you want to concentrate more on converting the fat to muscle. Well, there's not a it's not necessarily a one-to-one -one conversion, but it basically what ends up happening is your muscles get stronger, so they get bigger. Okay. Your fat reserves get drained as you're exercising. So uh, your composition of your body begins to change. Your, aesthet your aesthetics begins to change. Okay. Yeah. So and that that's... Uh, yeah, so that, that's pretty much for that. And how much should you work out every week? You know, that also depends on a person's work schedule, depends on how dedicated they are. I mean, they could do two days of cardio, two to four days of cardio, two to four days of working out. A lot of it depends on the goal, too. Okay. Um, if a person's goal is to lose body fat, chances are they probably should skew or lean more doing more cardio than strength training. So okay. they could do one to two days of strength training per week. They could do two to five days of cardio. Chances are they probably want to do four days of cardio, two days of strength training. Uh -huh. If a person wants to gain muscle and lose fat about the same rate, they could do like a three-three. Three days of strength training, three days of cardio. If a person just wanted to build muscle like an ectomorph, which is a really skinny body yes. type, uh -huh. they don't need to do cardio. They're already a skinny type. It's only like 20% of the population. They would do very little cardio, maybe one day of cardio, but do maybe four days of strength training. Mm. So the allocation or the breakdown depends on the goal. You know? So a person would have to ask themselves, okay, what, what is my goal? 
and given what their goal is, they, they would allocate their days accordingly. So you wouldn't have to work out six days a week or something the way that, I mean, probably hardcore bodybuilders do no, or something? No, no, not at all. I mean, most people don't want to look like a bodybuilder. I mean, you ask the average girl or guy, they just want to look fit and healthy and athletic. You know, I, bodybuilders, they take it to the extreme. I think they've added a lot of fantastic information, books, resources, um, because there's a lot of anecdotal evidence because they experience everything. I mean, it is the industry is ridden with drugs, oh, which is unfortunate. But well, this is certified personal trainer Sean Phillips. And I lied. Actually, we only covered the body today. But if you come back, we'll talk more about the mind. How's that? There you go. Sounds great. <laughs> well, thanks, Sean, for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Never enough time to cover all this stuff, you know. <laughs>